it gave me my privacy notification. <laughs> Amazing. So that I don't get Taylor Swift, Taylor Swifted, you know, like when Kanye recorded her without her knowledge. Oh, that's why it does that. Truly a reference that I should know and did not. Come on, Mary. All right. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Welcome to the Those Girls podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Mary. And Mary is currently talking so close to her computer right now that I can literally see up her nose because she forgot her mic in Boston. And so if our sound quality is terrible, I apologize on her behalf. Again, we apologize for the sound quality, but just stick with us because, you know, we love you and we will be getting you better customer service in the future. We promise this will, she will not happen again. Yeah. It'll never happen again. I promise it'll all be worth it. Okay. So, uh, moving on something that we do need to talk about is Ariana Grande's wedding pictures came out yesterday. And I know that by the time that this podcast is put out, by the time of listening, it will be a bit of old news, but I do feel that it is incredibly important for us to discuss this. I don't know how you felt about them. I have not talked to you about it, but they, I genuinely thought they were so beautiful and they were so like elegant. Like I just keep looking at them. Like I want to frame them in my house. That is how beautiful I thought they were. I forget how tiny, tiny, Yeah, I forget, like, forget how small she is until I saw some of these wedding pictures. I think when you just, like, see her on stage with, like, the boots and, like, the big outfits and, like, the big lights and dancing and music, you kind of, like, she has such a presence. Yeah. That I kind of forget that if I were to see her in person, I would probably think she was a 12-year-old. Oh, yeah, for sure. Her look is so, like you said, it's so defined and it's so strong who every time someone goes to style her she always has a someone who knows how to style her in a way that is going to be flattering for her shape so I loved the just environment I loved like the homey feel I think I love whenever celebrities do very private and intimate ceremonies like that just because they don't get moments like that a lot so I love that she did that I thought that was so sweet and I thought the like flat like the floating flowers like in the candles and all of that like it was just so beautiful like everything was just absolutely gorgeous if I had a house that looked like that I literally would like go back and do the same thing but then no one would care if I posted on Instagram but like still like you wouldn't have the you wouldn't have the Instagram moment but like I don't even feel like she cares about the Instagram moment if you're getting married, you're getting married. But like, I just love that. It was just so beautiful for her. And here's the deal. I loved the veil, the veil, literally, if it was on anyone else, if Mary, if you were a veil like that, I literally would be like, you would rip it off my head. Take that the hell off. Who do you think you are? Yeah. Do you think you're Ariana Grande? Yeah, literally. But it just works for her. It just works for her. We're used to seeing her with like that kind of hairstyle with her hair back in a ponytail like I love that she wore her signature ponytail but it didn't feel like she was like trying to be like a kid like you know I felt like everything was just very elegant but still very true to herself well I loved that she wore the ponytail but it wasn't the extension yes ponytail like it wasn't a long one it was like her 
it looks like her natural length of hair. It doesn't look yes. like she's wearing any extensions. Yes. I wish them all the happiness in the world. So all right. So um we're gonna get into our episode now. Um today we're gonna be talking about our struggles with commitment issues. We are going to be breaking down those stereotypes because I feel like the stereotype is that men are the ones who struggle with commitment, that they have commitment issues, you know, oh, they just, you can never, you can't tie a man down. And, you know, that women are the ones who are just so clingy and needy and just always, you know, are just desperate for a man or desperate to get married or whatever, at least for Mary and I. That has not been found to be the case. You are a commitment phobe, whether it be in a relationship or with picking out a dresser for your room or, you know, picking out a piece of furniture, picking out a car, picking out even a small purchase. If it's going to a restaurant, this episode will definitely be for you and you will definitely be able to relate. So we are going to get into it. So in the past, when it comes to relationships, I've actually never really had that bad of commitment issues ever. If anything, I've had the opposite, but it's when I don't really like somebody enough. It's like when I know that it's not serious, like, but when something's serious, that's when like my commitment issues start to come out a little bit. Like in the past when I've gone on dates or when I've like dated people, but I knew there wasn't a real like future there, like for whatever reason, like we either just were not compatible or like there was a big like red flag. It's like, why am I dating somebody with so many red flags? But those are the relationships where I had no commitment issues because I was like, I'm all in. If anything, I was psycho. I'm like, I, I'm in love with you. I feel like that used to happen to me a lot, actually. I would like text you. I'd go on like a Bumble date or a Hinge date and you'd be like, how did it go? And I'm like, well, I think we're in love. Like, Oh, literally. I remember one time Mary called, I called Mary after a Bumble date and I was like, how did it go? And she was like, Rachel, I feel like this is, this is the person that I might marry. And I was like, well, tell me a little bit about him. And let me just describe to you this person that Mary described to me. I'm scared because I honestly feel like this has happened so many times that I don't know what you're about to tell me or the people. So this person, he was around 30 years old, which at the time Mary was decently younger than she is now. So (laughs) 19, not a huge deal, not a huge deal, not, not the end of the world, not a deal breaker, but okay. Um, he was from Colorado. Oh God. (laughs) He loved to hike huge outdoors guy, huge outdoors guy. He had hiked the Appalachian trail twice. I believe, um, he had a dog, a golden retriever to be more specific. Um, and there was like one other thing. I don't remember what it was, but he, oh, he was a huge, like craft, like IPA kind of guy. Like he was like very into beer, like, and not in a way of like a casual beer drinker where it's like, yeah, like I like craft beer. Like that's fine. I have friends who like are big, like they like craft beer, but like, he like was like, he like had a lot of knowledge about it. And like he, there was also something else about his job. I don't remember what, what it was, but I think he like ran a nonprofit or something. And like somehow Mary on the phone with me spend all of these things to tell me about why she wanted all of this (laughs) in 
a man that she was going to marry one day. And I literally, I'm sitting here on the phone. This is like four or five years ago. And I'm literally like, I'm like, we're so compatible. Yes. I'm like, I love all those things too. He just brings out all those things in me after the first date. Yes. (laughs) Mary's literally like telling me why she's like, she's like, yeah. She's like, don't you see me with someone like so outdoorsy? Like, because I'm not super outdoorsy. And so I feel like that's like a good balance. And I was like, "Mm -hmm, yeah, yeah. mm -hmm, Love it. Yep. That's like, that's awesome, Mary. Like, I love that. It's so amazing. And I'm literally sitting here like, God, please just bring someone. I don't care who it is. Just bring someone so I can end this like charade that me and Mary are this roller coaster that Mary and I are going on right now of like these bad bumble dates where Mary will be like, go on a bumble date, pretend that this guy is for her. And he's like, actually like, I'm like, Mary, you're never going to end up with this guy. But I couldn't tell you that. Because, you know, the crazy part is those are the type of dates that I would have no, like, if, if that guy had asked me, like, hey, do you want to be my girlfriend? I would have been like, yes, absolutely. Like, no commitment issues here for sure. Because it's like almost like deep down, I just knew that it was never going to work out. And so it was just kind of like, it felt like there were going to be no consequences But when it comes to something actually serious or something that I'm actually like invested in or like care about because it could be serious, I get so weird. But you used to get like that really badly too. And like even the other day you posted or sent to me or something, you were like, sometimes it just like freaks me out when I have to like give my name. Like my name is Rachel Wagner. Like wait, wait, that's my name. Like, that's who I am. Like I'm committed to this forever. And it's like, it's not even, it's not like the fact that you're married. It's like, yeah, you have a great marriage, but you're like, oh my God, like we're together forever. Like commitment, like literally I, how did I make this commitment? Like, is this who I am? Is this who, like, is this what I'm going to be like forever? And like, you have a mini moment where you're like, I got married. (laughs) Yeah. Literally, like I, I love Daniel. He is amazing. And I think that is important for everyone to understand. And, but I, I do feel like there's a lot of people listening to this podcast that probably do struggle with commitment issues. So I feel like it's important for me to lay my cards on the table. I, before Daniel and I started dating, I was terrified of commitment. I, and I am still I am a recovering commitment phobe, like still struggling with it. And I literally was like, I will deal with my commitment issues. I just was like, not in the dating world. Like I just didn't care to date. Like it just was not on my radar. I was like 25 when Daniel came along in my life. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, I will start dealing with my commitment issues when I'm like 30, like that feels like an appropriate age to start facing those fears and like maybe try to think about starting to date and maybe think about starting to settle down. And then Daniel came along and I like kind of felt comfortable with him and like safe with him. And that's like a big thing is like feeling safe. And I was like, Oh, like I feel like comfortable with him. And then I could tell he started to like me and he was like trying to like be very intentional and like, you know, he was trying to like put the moves on me. And I was like, oh, hell to the no. You're like, am I getting the ick because you actually like me? Yep. I think I am. Literally, literally that was what it was. He did nothing 
partic- like I was literally getting the ick because he started to like me. That was why I just was like, I hate you because you like me. And I was like in third grade all over again. I was like, ew, you like me? Get away. And I literally started to like, like I would like avoid him at all costs. And it was just bad. And so finally he like texted me and was like, Hey, I need to talk to you. I was about to go on a trip. And he like, we sat down at, uh, we like went on a walk or whatever. And we like ended up like sitting down and he told me he liked me and he wanted to date me. And I started bawling my eyes out. I was, I started crying and I'm, I literally know that this man was like, who red flag, Daniel, I, I, number one, I know he was like, um, so can I retract my statement? Because this girl seems psychotic. Um, like I wasn't like, this is not the chill friend that I was looking for. This (laughs) is not like, this is not what you presented to me. Yeah. You aren't presenting psychotic to me. Um, So I, I literally was like, but I was, the reason I cried is because I was like, I can't commit to you. And he was like, I'm not asking to marry you. I'm just asking to take you to sushi. Like, it's not that big of a deal. And so anyways, I started going to counseling, started tackling my fear of commitment. I told him, I was like, listen, I have some, some things I need to work out when it comes to commitment. If you're still around in like a couple months, like maybe I could let you take me out, but like, there's no guarantees. And so anyways, he was a trooper and we ended up going out and here we are, we're married now. But all of that to say the commitment phobia still like hits me because I do like the last name thing is a big thing for me because it still feels insane to me that like, as, as wonderful as marriage is and isn't like as great as marriage is. And as much as I love marriage, it still feels absolutely insane to me that I'm going to be with Daniel until I die. And that all of a sudden now my last name is Wagner. I have gone my whole life with my last name being Walker. And now I'm like, I'm a Wagner. Like I tell people that's my last name when they ask me. And like, when I, when I go to work, so I started a new job in November. I feel like I'm on such a rant right now and I'm so sorry. No, but so please I, tell me all about it. <laughs> So I started a new job in November and literally no one there knows me as Rachel Walker. They only know me as Rachel Wagner. They don't know. They didn't even know my last name was Walker previously. They have no idea. But it's funny because you went from Walker to Wagner, which is not a big jump. It's not a big transition. Two letters. That's it. Like God knew I could only handle two letters. Yeah. No, like seriously, like your, your initials didn't change. Like everything that you ever had before, like anything that was monogrammed in your life. I know that you definitely at some point had that you Southern little biatch. Oh yeah. Everything. RWW. Yes. RWW. Like it's just, it's always been a thing, but like you only had a small transition, but it's still a massive identity change. I like, I actually cannot imagine taking a last name. That's also so different than your previous name. Like the name that you've gone by your entire life. And like, there's some people, and I think that you're one of them. I'm one of them for sure. And I don't know why this is the case, but when our friends talk about us or when I feel like people talk about me in a conversation or you in a conversation, I feel like people say my full name. 
like I don't know why but I, I just I'm, there's some people that are like that and I think like you're one of them and I am too where my friends would be like oh who are you with they're like oh I'm with Mary Griffin oh Mary Griffin's yes visiting. oh like Rachel yes. Walker and Katie are here or Mary Griffin and uh like Baker are here and it's like they put my full name yes like they refer to me as my full name that I think it's also so hard for me to imagine losing that and have it being like a completely different last name than my own at least yours sounds like it's it's only two letters but it's still a massive shift it is like I think that's what's like it still gets me I think for the I think the last name is a huge thing and like it's not just the last name, but the last name is a piece of it. And I think truly, like I was telling someone, I think if I had talked about it more with Daniel, like, I don't know for sure that I wouldn't have changed my last name. Like, I don't feel like I was forced. Like Daniel and I never really had a conversation about it. It's just like a thing that's just, you know, it's just, you get married and you change your last name. Um, unless you're like actively feel super strongly against doing that, which I know some people that do, but if you're not really thinking about it and you're not actively against it, you're kind of just like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to change my last name. I got married, like whatever. Sure. Exactly. I think I just never really thought about it. I was just like, okay, well, this is what, just what you do. And so, but now I'm like, you're right. Like when I do feel like people, like when people are talking about me, they'll be like, oh, I'm with Rachel Walker. And I'm like, well, that's not who I am anymore. I'm Rachel Wagner now. And I don't have a problem being Rachel Wagner because you're right. I am, I am a Wagner now, but I'm also like, I've gone 27, 26 years of my life. I don't know. Being Rachel Walker. I don't know how to be Rachel Wagner. Who is she? Who, who is she? I'm still discovering. I'm still discovering who Rachel Wagner is. Oh, it's a big commitment. It's a crazy, I mean, marriage is obviously one of the biggest commitments that you could ever make. (laughs) So like, it makes sense if, if anybody's going to have any type of commitment issue, I don't necessarily think that being worried about committing to marriage means you have commitment issues because like it is such a massive deal. And if you are someone that's like in a serious relationship and the idea of like, like in marriage is on the table or like could be, or like you think it could go that way. I don't think it's abnormal to kind of freak out a little bit because like it's probably weirder if you're just so confident in it not like I'm not saying it's weird to be confident in your relationship I just mean to be like not at all intimidated by the idea of forever like what other forever commitments do you make in your life just like you don't and I I think here's I think here is the thing and I this is I this is what I'm learning from my own personal traumas around me is like I think there's a lot of people that don't do not understand the gravity of the commitment of marriage and people like me have grown up around horribly broken marriages. So it's very traumatizing because it's like no, that no thank you for me. Or like then you meet someone that you would be interested in and you're like um I like you, but I can never do this to you. Like, I think the world around us has like kind of broken the, com- the covenant, if you will, the commitment of marriage. And so I think it has just caused a lot of people to be like, mm, you know what? Commitment? No, I think I'm okay. When me and Ryan started dating, I was so stressed out. It was like, it was obscene. I would have this like overwhelming wave of just like 
a, a commitment thing where I'm like, if I decide that I really like him and want to date him and be his girlfriend, then we're officially a label. And once you're somebody's girlfriend, then you, then you break up. Like you either yeah. get married or you break up. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that difficult or also that like serious. You don't have to put that much pressure on it. But I feel like commitment issue type people are just such like, I think it's just an anxious overthinking thing is what it, it really comes down is. to. We're it, saying it's those girls who can't commit. It's those girls that are anxious as hell and have some serious problems with overthinking. Those girls who need 20 Xanax and yes. to be sedated constantly. Because it really is. Like, it is this thing. I used to be fearful. I used to think that my fear was, what if I married the wrong one? Like, my biggest fear in life was, what if I get to the end of the aisle? I walk down the aisle. And I'm looking at my husband. And I think to myself, I'm making the wrong decision. That was the only thing I've been afraid of my entire life, getting to the end of the aisle and looking at my husband and being like, having that sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach of like, I am doing the wrong thing. And I think what I learned is like, it doesn't have to be that way. Like you don't have to, I don't have to be, and through a lot of therapy, I learned this too you don't have to get to the end of the aisle wondering that question. Like you can make the decision to say like, no, I know that I have made this decision preempt, like before this moment I have decided, but I like sat down with Daniel and I was like, good, bad, or otherwise, everything that Daniel and I have problems about with each other or that we disagree on, or that even things that we find fault in each other, like we've talked about it. And we have gone to the mat with each other on it and we love each other. And we have decided when, like, when I'm walking down this aisle, I'm still saying that I'm choosing, like, we're choosing each other for better or worse. And we're choosing to work on those things with each other. And I think that did make me feel better of like, I've addressed these things and we know where each other stands. And at the end of the day, we're going to still choose each other. Here's the thing. You're, you're a recovering commitment phobe. And you are now happily married. And at the end of the day, you were able to work through it. And that's amazing. And I think it's possible for anybody that does have any commitment issues to do the same thing. But what's harder for me, and like this might sound silly, but I really do feel like it's easier for me to work through relationship commitment issue type things. Yes. Because they're more like serious and you want to work on them. Like there's more of an incentive to work on them. Like you love this other person. And so it's like, I, I can work on this, but high risk, high reward. Exactly. There's a high risk, high reward there. But for the other areas of my life where my commitment issues truly manifest is where it is so difficult for me to make any progress because I'm just like, why would I do this? Like, like all the other ways that I just cannot commit to things because I really, I honestly think that in, for me, I have way less commitment issues in a relationship at this point because I feel like it's really just for me the beginning. It's like the deciding I'm going to enter into a relationship with somebody yes. like that I feel serious about and feel like it could be serious. That It's like just the start of it where I'm like, am I really going to commit to this? Yeah. But once I make the decision, it's not that difficult for me to, to like be in it. Yes. It's just like the, it's the start. But for, for me, the biggest problems are committing to the small things in my life. Mostly 
because I get really anxious and stressed if certain things do not go the way that I need them to go. Like it's an exit thing. I always need an exit strategy. And I sometimes just have a really hard time committing to plans or committing to like parties, social events. And it's not that, it's not that I don't want to go. I always have so much fun. I just, I need certain things to happen for me to be there. Like carpooling out on it. Can't do it. I know it's so good for the environment. I feel so bad right now, like that I'm saying this because I, I know that I should, I shouldn't do that. Like I shouldn't that's bad but you driving your own car is not going to save the world mary i'm sorry to tell you but you're right it's i just i believe in having your own car it's just an important you've got to have your own car if i'm going to a gathering if i'm attending an event even if i'm just even if like we're all going to dinner like something really small that does not need to be this complicated or stressful and somebody says to me, oh, I'll just pick you up and we'll go. I say, no, 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 no. It's okay. I'll meet you there because I do not want to depend on somebody to have to have a ride home. I do not want to have to be on somebody else's time. I cannot commit to the social plan if I, if I can't leave. Like I hate being trapped or like being stuck somewhere is the worst feeling. It is like, I cannot commit to anything if, unless these, these things are met. Yes. I'm with you. The car for me is just a safety situation. Like I I have to have safety and that is in the form of bringing my own car or driving. I will, I will pick someone else up and I will say like, Hey, this is when I'm planning to leave. Or, hey, I'm probably going to leave early if you want to ride with me. Or, hey, I'm probably going to be at this party a while. If you want to ride with me, you are going to need to find your ride home if you want to leave early. Or, you know, like I will welcome someone else to ride with me, but like I will make it clear that like not to be a rude, but I'm going to do what I want to do because I I am riding my car. I've tried to improve this too because I think it is such a small thing where I say to myself, okay, Mary, you want to go. It, it's not a big deal. You, you can commit to this. It's not the end of the world, but the times where I, where I've done it and I haven't had my own car or I've, I've gone anyways to try to be chill, to try to be relaxed about it, to try to improve on my commitment issues. It's been a nightmare. It's actually been a total disaster. My, do you remember my freshman year of college when I went to the state fair Yes. I knew you were going to bring this up. So I, I will literally never forget this day. I don't even remember why you went to the state. Like, why did you accept this invitation to go to the state fair? It was like a random Tuesday night or something, but it was a group of people that I was with and they were saying, we're all going to go. And like, they were my friends. That's that was like the worst part. Like it was like my, my friend group. It wasn't like an invitation from strangers or people that I don't really know. Well, it was, Hey, why don't we all go to the fair? That'd be fun. And I was like, yeah, sure. But like, I didn't have a car. It was my freshman year. I didn't have a car on campus. And so I like heavily depended on Ubers and I heavily depended on other people for rides, but mostly Ubers because I don't like to depend on people for rides. And for whatever reason, it was just really busy that night. I don't know what was happening, but they were like, we're all going to go. 
And so I got in the car with all these other people. The second that I got in the car, I knew it was a bad idea. I had instant regret. I was like, I'm going to have to go to this thing for however long they want to go. And I wanted to go in the beginning, but once I got in the car, I was like, I can't commit to this. I, I cannot be here. Oh my gosh, this is too much. I can't do it. And then I got to the fair and I had this like silent in my head breakdown where I just needed to get out. I said, I do not have an exit strategy. I cannot commit to entering the gates right now. I can't, I cannot do this. And I think I tried to Uber. I think I tried to call an Uber, but that would have been too like obvious. And people would have been like, what are you doing? Like, you're just leaving. Like, you're just going to leave. And so I called you. Yeah. And I said, I I need you to come pick me up as if like something was really wrong. Well, you called me, you texted me and you're like, I need you to come pick me up. And I, I literally thought something was wrong. I thought something was like very seriously wrong. And I was, I think I was at Daniel's house and I was like, and Daniel's like, is everything okay? And I was like, yeah, I, I just need to go pick Mary up. And he was like, oh, okay. Like, is everything okay? Like, is she okay? And I was like, I think so. I'm not really sure. Like she just is really, really panicked, like texting me. And he was like, okay, well, like, let me know if I can do anything, you know, like Daniel, like being like always like wanting to make sure everything's okay. And he, like, it was, he was like very frantic. And I was like, I have a feeling in the back of my mind. She just didn't want to be there. And she just all of a sudden got an anxiety attack because she, she realized she was in the wrong place. Like, you know, when you realize like, mm, I'm in the wrong place, not in terms of danger, but in terms of like emotional safety, you're like, I just want to be at my house. And this is not the place I want to be. This like, is the, this is the last place I want to be. And yes. I do not want to be with these people anymore. So you just panic. And I was like, I have a feeling that's what happened. And she just needed to get out. So that is what happened. Oh yeah. The second, I don't even know what I said to her. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm like really not feeling that great. Like I just, I have a horrible headache. I think I have a migraine coming on. I have to leave. I have to remove myself from the South Carolina state fair. Like I should not be here. This is not a safe place. Yeah. I mean, it's to be fair, the South Carolina state fair is not a physically safe place either, but like, I think you can like usually typically like, you know, get through it. But my biggest commitment stuff though, is that it's a, it's an exit thing. I just, I, I hate it so much not being able to have one or depending Mm -hmm. on other people for it, but I don't get as, I don't have issues with purchase commitments, but that's because I'm just pretty reckless and not financially responsible. Whereas you do have some serious commitment issues with purchases. Like you, you just can't decide things or make decisions. And I can't make decisions about my life. I get super, like in in my head, there's like five or seven different versions of my life and of me and how I could be. Like, oh, I yeah. convince myself every other day, am I doing the right thing? Like, should I commit to this job or should I commit to moving to this place? What if I should be somewhere else? Like, how <sighs> how do I know I'm not supposed to be there? It's like, how how do I just commit to one life? Like, how does somebody do that? So I'm very much that way about like, clothes or any type of purchase. I, so I have recently started like renting all of my clothes because it feels, because it, it, I don't, I don't have to commit. I can literally have an endless supply of clothes and I get to just basically change them all the time and I don't have to commit and, but purchasing them feels like such a commitment. And so I like, do you use rent the runway? 
I use Newly, but I I thought about using Rent the Runway. Rent the Runway is a little more expensive. I I just get crippling anxiety. Like I will go into a store and everything is cute. And I'm like, okay, so I either need to spend $800 or I need to spend nothing. Like that's the options. I either need a whole new wardrobe and I'll only wear two things from it because I know I can't wear everything to that event. And you would have to commit to a certain style that is easy to change within like that's what it is. Two, two months. Like, how do I commit to this one style? How do I commit to this one brand? Yes. It's like, who do I want to be? Do I want to be chic? Do I want to be fun? Do I want to be sporty? Do I want to kind of nineties? Like what, like what version of Rachel do I want to be today? And yes. It's kind of like what you were saying. Like it is like, that is where my commitment phobia, like really Oh, that's, that's, where mine, that's where mine soars. That is where mine takes off. There are so many different versions of my personality and yes. myself that exist in all, all the corners of the world. Clothes are the number one thing you're going to see me have a, a struggle with. Daniel constantly will like, if he's like getting something out of my closet for me, he will rip, he will rip tags off of things for me that I have worn 10 times because I, I refuse to take tags off because I'm like, well, what if? And he's like, Rachel, you've already worn this 10 times. You're not going to take it back. But I still, it's just like a comfort thing. No, I get it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Those Girls Podcast. We hope you enjoyed and we can't wait to be back with you next week. Please feel free to like comment and subscribe to us. We love you. We hope you have a good week and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.